1: From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance welcome to the cob it is the 6th of january 2021 i will put a timestamp on this as well today we're recording this just after market close and i'm doing that of course because there are still plenty of unknowns in terms of u.s politics particularly that georgia senate runoff race the two of the races uh, it looks as if markets are now pricing in that democratic blue wave what was the big market move, Scotty? Hey, how are you, by the way? I'm fantastic. It's
0: hump day, my favorite day of the week, or one of them. Sure so is, as sure it's is. first one of the year. But uh, look, uh, some big moves in markets. Uh, look, equity markets in particular saw really heavy selling. The NASDAQ 100 futures, uh, that transferred across to our local market. We saw the tech sector there get really hammered. Uh, medtech, you know, information technology in general, uh, buy now, pay later. Uh, the afterpay was hit very hard as well. Uh, and healthcare as well. Uh, Interest rates are going high when it comes to the other uh, back end of those uh, yield curves, and it is having an influence on those valuations. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so a lot will be determined through this U.S. session coming up, uh, not only in terms of politics, but in terms of what way the markets decide to go in viewing the outcome of this election as well. But safe to say, you know, we've seen uh, gold uh, performing potentially contrary to what you might expect, but you've got good old Bitcoin Hitting another all-time high amidst this environment, amidst the talk about the reflation trade, uh, potential inflation coming down the track.
0: Yeah, exactly right. Uh, look, really strong technical momentum. The, the, you can see it. I you know the pullbacks are very small. We know that there's a lot of optimism out there. Look, some might say that, you uh, know, it's a bubble. Uh, whatever it is, it's a massive bull market for the time being. And you probably don't want to go and stand in front of the, uh, the train as it's coming down because it, uh, it is going pretty rapidly for the time being. But like so many other times that we've, uh, we've talked about Bitcoin uh, over the past uh, month or so, really... The big game today happened. As soon as the US dollar turnaround story happened, that's when the market started to go and realise that uh, we're going to probably see the likelihood of a, of a uh, democratic-controlled Congress uh, with the, uh, the Senate flipping. And uh, that really had an impact. And uh, it's, it does seem to be this leverage play on what's going on. Uh, it's not the only factor, but it's clearly it got a role in it play. Maybe falls into those fears about no uh, currency debasement and, uh, and people are concerned about printing going on and everything else. Uh, but uh, look, certainly, no, nearly thirty-six thousand US dollars per coin uh, right now uh, speaks volumes as to which direction, uh, no, people think it's going for the near term.
1: Well, uh, we spoke with Anthony Saramucci today. Scaramucci, sorry, the Mooch. He is um, the co-managing partner of Skybridge Capital, founder of the company as well, a former Trump communications advisor. He's calling it digital gold. He says it's on its way to five hundred thousand per coin, and it's. You know, in his eyes, it's a safe haven play. It's a new asset class. It's a digital network. It's got a lot behind it. You can listen to those that interview, I should say, via the show notes. You can also hear his thoughts on the Georgia State runoffs. He is uh, very disappointed in the uh, party that he used to belong to, the GOP, the Republican Party. So let's leave Georgia State elections there, Bitcoin there. If we talk about some of the other thematics that really dominated today, you've got to think OPEC+, Plus. its impact on the energy stocks. I mean, energy was a real standout through this session. Predicting the price of oil at any time, you can say, is a fool's game. It's a really difficult one to call. Uh, But what we look for are the economic indicators. And the economic data that was out in the U.S. was firm. For a local take, the economic data we've had so far this week locally, I know it's not you know the biggest data points on earth, but we saw job job ads yesterday, and uh, the PMI today coming in and reaffirming many's view that the Australian economy is. You know, in the words of Con McLuckis, who we just spoke to before the close. You know, we're setting ourselves up for you know rip roaring recovery here in Australia.
0: Yeah, look, there's going to be like pockets of uh, no turbulence along the way, and that's undoubted. But uh, I've been writing about it uh, and, and talking about it for a while about this you no know, recovery, and we're going to go and. and Work out of it. We've got money in the bank, literally. Households are you know, cashed up. Uh, whether it's uh, distributed evenly is another question, but that is like a positive factor nonetheless. Interest rates are very low, uh, and we've got uh, the, the coronavirus, uh, you no know, pandemic under control as well. So uh, you put all those things together, uh, I can understand why it's uh, why it's a bullish outlook, and uh, I'm not surprised by the data. Uh, of course, we'll see what happens in in January uh, with the impact of those uh, domestic border closures and the like. Uh, and partial lockdowns to parts of Sydney. But uh, all things being equal, things are still looking pretty good.
1: Pretty good. So do you think that there is the potential risk of a policy mistake here in Australia and beyond, you know, withdrawing stimulus too soon or central bankers getting spooked by the prospect of rising inflation and pulling the trigger too soon on interest rates um, – in the, your view today, in the COB, you talk quite passionately about um, the debate that's going on about our response to coronavirus outbreaks or hotspots in terms of, uh, you know, a lot of inflammatory feelings, I think it is more than anything, in regards to you're either, um, you know, quashing the virus, shutting it down, taking preemptive measures, or, uh, you know, sinking the economy and that is all doom and gloom as well you've got skin in the game for this one as well
0: yeah i'm i'm personally impacted by what's going on at the moment i'll pull that out there fully disclosed and uh it has been very tough for me over the past month or so uh and it'll probably be for a prolonged period of time as well but that's not the point of why i wrote this particular piece uh I'm watching in social media in particular, this slangy match across the, you, know, you either uh, want to go in and shut down everything. And it's all about the hell side of things. And if you don't want to do that, you're a granny killer or something on those lines. And that's what people have been described as. If you don't agree with that view and others on the absolute other end of the spectrum are saying, well, it's only just the flu. Look, we look at the hospitalization numbers and the like, no, why are we going to shutting down and the like, and look, when well, I'm looking across at this thing and I'm looking at where are the policymakers standing and we saw the panic in response to what happened uh, with New South Wales uh, played out over that Christmas New Year period. Now, I'm not dismissing that we know the threat that this virus has. We've seen it around the world and we do not want to go and see those scenes. But the immediate reaction that we have from so many of our policymakers in this country is to go and look at the exact worst outcome as what's going to happen and react that way. And I think at some point that has to stop because it is impacting people's lives indirectly and directly. I'm one of probably hundreds of thousands of people out there right now who are going through a terrible time because of what's going on with this short term thinking based off what I think a lot of this time is these people who are now on uh, social media and the like dictating what politicians are doing.
1: Yeah. I'm sure there is, uh, you know, some gray in that view. Um, if you'd like to read it in full, you can sign up for the COB newsletter. Um, but there is, you know, uh, an ongoing debate between how far do you go in terms of reacting to the ongoing coronavirus case balanced against how well we're doing here, relatively speaking, in Australia against, um, yeah, getting on with things and, uh, you know, continuing this yeah. economic recovery.
0: I truly believe, and this, this probably stems from the fact that I've uh, been in New South Wales and Sydney for, uh, for a vast majority of this pandemic period. And uh, I think if you ask any Sydney-sider... Have you felt really threatened? Uh, No. I think the vast majority would say absolutely not. Uh, Have they been taking precautions to go and protect themselves and their loved ones? Absolutely. But that does not mean you have to shut down your life entirely to go and do that. And some of the vitriol that's coming out from people, look, sorry, I find it disgusting and I just think it has to be resolved.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to make light of the situation, but I will. I just think sometimes it's good to turn off social media at times, Scuddy, as well. Uh, I, I,
0: did, I did over Christmas and New Year and I was an absolute godsend. <laughs> yeah. but I'm straight back into it and I walked into a few things well. last night. You build,
1: you, you, you build a pretty thick skin being on social media um, day in, day out. And yeah, it uh, perhaps softens a bit as well when you've got not only uh, being affected by some of the, uh, the policy, but also, you know, after clearing your head for a bit. Okay, so let's move on from that again. You can sign up for the COB if you don't already. We've got um, Scuddy's View Daily. We have links to some of our, well, what we think are interesting interviews throughout the day. No, by no means it means that they're the best interviews. However, uh, today you might be interested in clicking on the show notes to listen and uh, watch, I suppose, the Core Lithium uh, CEO talked to us about that offtake agreement. It's partner signed with Tesla. Uh, CEO Stephen Biggins also tells us, you know, we've got this real hot Uh, heat building in these lithium plays to start 2021 it's been a real hallmark of the week so far so we'll just talk about what makes core lithium's offering i suppose any different than any of the others out there so you can you can access that by the show notes on the website or the app as well stock of the day today iag insurance australia group is its proper name uh it had uh it was out uh, revealing its Final catastrophe reinsurance program for 2021. We spoke with two expert guests, Michael Gable from Fairmont Equities, Andrew Veitland from DP Wealth Advisory. Let's hear what Michael had to say about IAG. Today's news has seen the share price go up a little bit, but maybe because it wasn't slightly as bad as parts of the market were expecting. But whether that's enough for a turnaround, I doubt it. The stock's still in a downtrend. Look, I suppose the one positive is that, you know, for a big for a big cap stock that's quite liquid to to see it lose almost half its value um, that could open up the opportunity in the next sort of year or two that you might have this brief period where the share price stage is a bit of a recovery and you might be talking like a 20 30 percent dead cap bounce and if you can if you have the skills to capture that then there might be a trade in that but I think you know to keep it to keep it nice and um, simple and to to buy it as an investment um, it's not something I'd be I'd be doing
0: on average you give money to an insurer, it's about 18 months before, they actually, you, before you actually make a claim. So in that 18 months, they've got your money, how can they make money on it? And with markets the way they've been over the last 6, 12, 18 months, it's been pretty tough for insurers to make money. So not only is their cost of doing business going up, but their ability to generate those returns has been difficult as well. So certainly not a space that we want to be in, and I'd much rather buy like an AUB if you desperately want insurance exposure.
1: So, look, the big takeaway from that is that it is not going in the AusBiz portfolio. IAG, uh, you're not joining that company in there, and I don't know when those guys think that it's uh, it's going to be worthy. So, IAG's share price, though, was out by six-tenths of a percent today. Uh, otherwise, though, I mean, we've touched upon it, Scotty. It was just a real sea of red out there, save for the energy space. We saw a few miners Nickel mines did well. Pilbara Minerals, IGO, relatively speaking, and uh, a center group as well uh, was a standout in the uh, in the property space. Okay, so let's move on to. What's coming tonight as far as economic data? We get the U.S. market services PMI. We get weekly data on mortgage applications. We also get the minutes of the last Federal Reserve meeting. So that'll potentially add some color to a number of the FOMC or Fed speakers, I should say, that have been out over the past couple of days. And don't forget, this is a non-farm payroll week. I feel like we haven't talked about it at all. So we get that private read from ADP ahead of that. Jobs, jobs, jobs in the U.S., um, yeah, it's going to be a, an interesting read to see how that plays out. It doesn't always have a direct correlation to what we end up seeing in the non-farms, but still.
0: All over the place As the ADP, is, uh, is, the acronym is used by some mm-hmm. people. But uh, you're right, the jobs picture is incredibly important. I'm not sure how much the payroll support is going to feed you this week with what's been going on. The, uh, when the news changes, like change of positioning. So obviously what's going on with Georgia at the moment is very important. Uh, but not to go and dismiss the other payroll report entirely. It will probably be watched very closely by the Federal Reserve, of course, uh, and probably watched by uh, you know, politicians in terms of what they may go and do with the size of stimulus checks. We know the 600 buck a are uh, have been sent out to households uh, or, or on their way, but maybe in a bit of a fillet, maybe a bigger, uh, bigger bounce coming in. So we'll keep an eye on that as well. So it is very important. The services side of the mm-hmm. economy in the United States, like it is here, like it is in Europe as well, employs the vast majority of people, so it is really important to go and see what's happening there. Of course, what's happening with the virus in those areas uh, is, is pretty troubling for this time
1: Northern Trust, Jim McDonald, Chief Investment Strategist, is joining us live tomorrow morning, 10.15am, to talk us through the market reaction to Georgia and uh, also what we could potentially uh, expect uh, to see uh, when, when the cards are all on the table. Isaac Poole, who is the Global CIO of Oriana Financial Services, We'll talk to us about um, why the real fight on markets will be at the port and not at the ballot box. Not sure what that means, so we'll look forward to finding Maybe out some tomorrow. Trade calls again. Yeah, possibly. Okay, so let's uh, let's give it a big wrap for today. Scotty, it's been fun. It's been interesting. It's been a bit of a roller coaster ride on markets. Uh, can't wait to be checking that Twitter feed tonight, although as we F referenced earlier, maybe it's, uh, maybe it's good to ease off the social media sometime.
0: I undoubtedly will be taking some time off Twitter tonight. <laughs>
1: okay. Uh, see you tomorrow morning. We're live from 10 a.m.